Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Happy Thursday to all of my peoples. Welcome back to a full edition of the Playmakers. Are we on the actual radio right now? Yes, 1140. The bet. The Dodgers played earlier today at like 9 a.m. So we're here. We so fancy. Remember that summer when that... Single was fancy just, was was out here in these streets. Whatever happened, to Iggy Azalea? Well, she had a baby with Playboy Carti. We talked about this on yes. Tuesday, right? Y- is she, she's she's really, really seem like a great dude, but you know what? He's somebody's daddy. Some would say characteristics of an absentee father, mm, like but, Bob Parr from the Incredibles podcastable. If you missed our Pixar bracket whoa, last week, I was not ready for a fifty-three seconds into the show hot take. But yeah, Iggy's you know being a mom and. Because she's not blasting out through the radios, it allows us to be able to That's on eleven forty. Space the bet. has been made for us. How are you feeling, Linz? I'm feeling better today. Thank you so much for asking. Sorry about the late um, audible yesterday. We had the intentions of being on the air, but I was going through some stuff, and so sometimes you just need to take a day. Yeah, so and luckily, you know, we, we it's sometimes sometimes you have to take a personal, a mental day, mm-hmm. as some would say, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. But now we're here in this moment together, and thankfully, we've been working our asses off. So like that Odyssey app that you just mentioned, mm. if you ever miss us, that's where it is. And we back with a vengeance, people, because today is a very special day. But before we get into how special it is and why it is very special, we will run through exactly what we are going to put you all through today in our magical performance. Two-hour edition per usual, and uh, we intend to do that again tomorrow. But yesterday, because I wasn't here, you were still doing some work. You were getting some interviews down. And so we don't want to waste those, although they are on that Odyssey app podcast. Well, we're going to play those live on the air. we got Ryan McDonough, who we've had on this show several times, former GM of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and uh, bo- former Boston executive as well. well we now- don't need to talk about his time in Boston. This is time in <laughs> Phoenix, okay? Because it's the NBA draft tonight, at least round one. Oh, boy. Are we allowed to use that sounder and associate it with that? No one has told me differently. Goodness gracious. And Howard Stern may rest in peace. He hasn't said anything. So I'm going to do it one more time. Very excited today, Lindsay. Very, very excited. This is the day where Woj um, tweets out everything that's about to happen, but then uses like very specific language to not ruin things because he got in trouble a couple of years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're going to talk to uh, Ryan. And then who else we got in the second hour for our guest? Uh, from ESPN, who covers the Cleveland Browns, Jake Trotter, obviously the Deshaun Watson, some of the settlements, 20 out of the 24 civil mm. suits. That was cleared on Tuesday night, Wednesday? Yeah. What Recently, I believe it was on Wednesday. Uh, so we're going to talk to Jake Trotter, kind of get – 
an insight of what this means, what's ahead, what does it mean for the Browns? Uh, very what does it mean for game. Baker Mayfield? It's not just like in the camp of the Browns, too, because there's so much just attached to this. Uh, and then you also have like contract negotiations going on with like Lamar Jackson and other young quarterbacks and everybody. If I were them, I'd be asking for Deshaun Watson money. And I, I also wanted to get Jake's perspective, too, on how he views, you know, the wild, wild west of the AFC West and how he sees the Raiders as well. So very big get. Glad we were able to talk to him and kind of get from an inside source about what's going on with Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get into a little bit to close out this hour. The controversy that was the overtime victory for your Colorado. Okay, not our Colorado Avalanche, <laughs> but like almost kind of. We're adopting them for now. John Cooper scares me and he was pissed. But the thing is, is like he when he's pissed, <laughs> he's just, he's the calm. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That's kind you know? of scary. It is. It is absolutely. <laughs> totally dad vibes. Uh, and then uh, some news about your Vegas Golden Knights as well, about an alleged contract extension, although it is rumored to be a verbal agreement because the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't the only people that can circumnavigate this cat, baby. you damn right, which is why I was wondering, mm-hmm. are we rooting for the Lightning? Because it's like, cheaters got to stick together. Facts. Facts. <laughs> you got to know who your people are. Uh, deep dive with 35, as we always do on Thursdays. Goodness knows what that's going to be today. Last week? You know what I'm saying? Basically, right now, we're going to find out if I'm going to evolve unlike Jason Tatum did in the finals or if I'm going two weeks in a row of some 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 critics were doubting. So we'll see yeah. if I come back with a vengeance. I was your direct critic as it was going on, which is hilarious. <laughs> it's just like, what? who did you become, Mr. Buddha, Mr. Philosopher? Right. But sometimes I have to switch it up. Are you disappointed today that, you know, I'm very excited about the NBA draft, but that I didn't dress up in a suit because I'm seeing some of these dudes start to pile oh, in. Oh, yeah, and the, the fashion fits are certainly uh, Where's top Dominic? Billing. We need Mr. Seriously, Drip. though. We I haven't got a text from him, so I don't even know if he's going to be here tomorrow. We'll see if he can work us into his schedule. Uh, but in terms of the ending of ours, we'll go through some draft memories. I got so many, like, just bones to pick with draft picks that weren't made or ones that were. And so who knows where the show will truly go. But that's why when we start it, we start with our can opener because at least then we can get off with a one good foot. It's time for the can opener. I didn't mean to say it like that, but Rex Ryan's a huge fan. <laughs> Super huge fan. Super huge fan. Um, Happy anniversary to Title Nine. 50th, correct? Your thoughts. 50th? I'm just kidding. No, no, but I'm saying it's the 50th anniversary, right? <laughs> it is the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And this is the, the big legislation in 1972 that went through on this day that reads in 37 words, no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Now, when we talk about Title IX, a lot of it is wrapped up in college athletics or just athletics in general because that was one of the biggest um, offshoots from that legislation getting passed. And it, it certainly is probably its biggest advocate because it provides the visibility. It provides the, a lot of the storylines that our general society, patriarchal society, recognizes a little bit more. But this was a civil rights act because this is more about education, because before Title IX was passed, and I, I watched the 37 Words documentary, at least part one, that's on ESPN, kind of going through the history of Title IX. I'm not sure how many parts there are, but this is where the vengeance is coming from, friends. And I'm not just learning about this because when I was in college, uh, I, I majored in communications and I had minors in sociology and gender studies. 
me being in this position wasn't just like an idea that happened to me. I, I've always kind of wanted to be someone that helped a cause like this. And and in, and I've been enabled by Title IX to do this because not only was I able to play college athletics and given you know the opportunity to have teams, to have funding, even though it's not equal, and, and to have that option for myself. Again, this is about the civil right to an education, to not be discriminated against. Because before that, if you watch this, this documentary, there's so much to comb through, so many facts. But at the end of the day, we had quotas in classrooms, right? It's almost like halfway to affirmative action. And yeah. there, are, there are positives to affirmative actions and there are negatives, right? Because then it, by saying, well, we have to have this particular subset represented, represented, but we also put a cap on it. And that's the problem, right? And so in the 70s and prior... Like they in the in the film, they were saying uh, in Virginia, the University of Virginia uh, accepted 21, 22,000 male applicants to their school during the same period of time. Guess how many women they let in? Less than a thousand. Literally zero. Literally zero. And this is 1972. Get to date my mother a little bit. Sorry. My mom was born in 1966. So this is in the this is in the blood. You want to talk about like generational trauma. You want to talk about like generational stuff. Like all of this is held over, and and in terms of like what Title IX meant means to me and for me and for so many women everywhere, is that it gives you a vessel. It gives you a, a shelter of deliverance for an alternative life other than graduate high school, get married, have babies. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that way of life. I have no problem with it. I respect it. I think motherhood is something that we not, we don't respect it. We demonize it more so. And it's not for everyone, but we push everyone towards us. And this still happens today. Just look at what's happened to Roe v. Wade. Just look at what's what's going on in all this legislation, yeah. right? And what education does for you in terms of your your future and and your economic opportunities this is also in the same time that that civil rights movement is happening the equal rights amendment is is going up to be passed and which still hasn't passed in all 32 states so if you're in a state that hasn't passed it you got to get on your stuff i know nevada is and i know minnesota is so that's how i've covered it um but again education and having the opportunity for me to study communication for me to develop the skill set necessary for me to do my job and then the sport side of it and what that did for me growing up that that being a, a shelter and a deliverance vehicle in and of itself of having the the connection between your body with having connection with other people and teaching me how to conduct myself because I didn't learn that in the classroom. I mean, you, you, you go to school and it's much more about learning how to behave in society rather than what's going up on the chalkboard, right? Yeah. But when it comes to pushing yourself, when it comes to expecting more of yourself, what better environment than sports exists? Honestly. There isn't. There isn't. And so I, I, I was raised by my, my mother and my grandmother because my mom was a single mom. So my grandma moved in with us and, and helped, helped her out and takes a village, especially when you're raising somebody like me. But to have that um, unique view, I, I think that I do have of like what it looks like when you don't have support, what it looks like when you do have to go and and hustle for everything that you need to get. 
and to to grow up and see how everyone else is around. Because you and I are both uh, products of basically non-married parents, right? Yeah. That really started, I mean, that's been going on for forever. But in terms of like the, the 80s and the 90s, that's when we started really deconstructing the nuclear family expectation. Yeah. And that creates different types of people, different types of humans, different types of vision for what our future and what our current society can be. And without all that, and for, for all of the shortcomings that Title IX has too, because if you think that it's enforced, if you think that it's equal, it's not. It's equal name, but not really, but certainly not economically. This is what the, the WNBA is fighting for. This is what the NWSL is for. This is what the ER, this is what equal pay is all about. Because there's this scarcity complex that's built into our consciousness that they're taking our money, they being like the, the male view, the male gaze, to women, that you're taking our money and that's taking more away from us. Rather than seeing as creating more streams around a river that's already there. Because they're starting on third base, right? And, and I'm probably a little bit all over the place because... I do want to say this with, means so much. Go yeah, ahead. and I do want to say with like the equal pay, the thing that like the stupidity of of being upset about equal pay is that like we talked months ago when it leaked that the Applebee's executive sent an email to management talking about with this recession and the inflation that aha finally unemployment for the pandemic's running out yep. we can people are finally going to start getting back to work like. These conversations, whether it's you, all your coworkers, everyone needs to be unified because that transparency mm -hmm. is how how your you and your employees and everyone doesn't get screwed. Right. So like you being upset, you're fighting with each other when the enemy is exactly. not each other. Exactly. Like it, it's it's the big wigs. It's not her getting this money for whatever reason you deem to make yourself feel better about your standing. Exactly, and you're tapping right into the vein of identity politics. Right? I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks about all of this BS that that's kind of going on and getting past and, and that everybody's talking about fighting about. It is a distraction, except it's very real because these things are affecting us. These things, these civil liberties are being stripped. People uh, discrimination is getting easier to legislate for, not against. And how troubling that is. But at the same time, for how quickly everything has devolved. I have just as much faith that once whatever this is that we're in, whatever moment we're in, gets through and and cooler heads and, to be honest, smarter heads prevail. Because ultimately, this hurts all of us, not just women. And that's the whole conversation about it can't just be the women fighting for what they need because ultimately men are just as impacted. It's just not directly on your body, but in terms of what – expectations it creates for you the caps it creates for your potential and and what you're able to accomplish in your life and for if you choose to have future generations directly descended for you because I don't know if I'm gonna have kids or not I'm not really planning on it but I know that I have friends that do that have daughters and, and other kids and that I want a better world for because I want to leave it better than what I what I found it in like I, I don't think that's like a far-fetched idea for most of us growing up, right? Well, that, that's that's probably the most distressing thing about the whole situation is number one, you know, you point out and when your mom was born and how she was in the midth of this and yeah. how this is generational. There's is no that, youth hockey program for her to sign up for. Yeah, in one respect, this hasn't really been that much time when you look at the grand scope of things, and then mm -hmm. on another respect too, 
Uh, Malcolm Gladwell just started a podcast that kind of focuses on 1968 Mm -hmm. and Tommy Smith and the famous picture when they win the Olympic gold medals and they raise their fist. And obviously that's that's civil rights. But it kind of to me, it it put things in perspective because that was one of the first moments where they're like, no sports and politics. You can't separate it It because the people involved Mm -hmm. are living these things. So they're all inherently everything is together. Everything works together. And. I guess it just bummed me out when when I looked at some of all these all these issues, all these certain issues, is that maybe things don't change in 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 time periods of decades and that it's generations. Because the thing that was so disheartening is I'm going back and I'm like, okay, in that Olympics specifically, they took a stand. Kareem Abdul Jabbar at the time didn't go to those Olympics. Mm-hmm. Jim Brown and all these civil rights leaders, like they're barely walking or their old age and they're about to pass away. And they put in so much effort back then and all these things. Like, look at the things that Bill Russell went went through being a Celtic. And for them to, when they pass away here, it it seems like it, we're in 2022. George Floyd was how many years ago? Like, all these things are still happening today. Mm-hmm. So it's very disheartening. And it kind of makes, it, it bums me out. Because that, you're, you saying, I, I want to leave this world a better place than when I came that should be everyone's philosophy. Right. Or at least I, I, I figured hope. that's why you would go into public office because that's like a, it's a service job. Yeah. Right? And I'm not here to talk politics, but we kind of are. Because you can't you can't separate it like you said, you can't separate it. and or even like seeing the athletic creating a, a new policy for all the people that work for them saying that they can't talk politics anymore cuz sports and politics don't in, intertwine. I'm like <laughs> Okay, as only as, when Trump as tweets my, about it, right? Or as somebody as says my something. person and many other others are under attack by by all matters of the definition. We're just supposed to say, well, you know what? We'll just keep it to ourselves and we'll focus and do what we're told. And that's exactly what they want. That's exactly what the metaphorical they, big brother, big corp, whatever. And that's how they keep us busy. And, and you're you're right. And on my side, like I feel like it, it's a deflection of. You know, for instance, I could see the viewpoint of, oh, I turn on Fox and they're talking about January 6th being a TV show. Oh, at least they're talking that, about January 6th. Yeah, yeah that it, it, this, is, this is a spectacle that was made up. This was Jack mm-hmm. Del Rio. This was a dust up. So instead of talking about that, which was people inherently running into one of our most sacred buildings of democracy, instead of talking about that, let's focus on these things. Yeah. And no matter how small the portion of of people that it affects or whatever the case, it doesn't matter if it's one or five million, like you are hurting people and you're causing them harm. And every person matters. Exactly. And that's why the distraction of it and, and the damage that's being done is so astronomical because how easy is it for me to not end up in the same school district I was or sign up for that hockey team? Or just having access to that, right? How different is my life? And and that's where I, I think Title IX offered, like I said, a vessel for women to truly figure out what they wanted and what they wanted to do and gave them that ability to do it. Like I said, there's a lot. They're, they're doing the, the audits of, of Title IX to see where the disparities are. The investment is not equal. This we know. But... The more that we're aware, the more that we insert ourselves into the story, the more that more that we become the story ourselves, the more faith I have of self-correction, to be honest. Like, and I've been very like the last few years have been rough, really rough and really rough for me personally. And so days like this are important to remember 
and are important to reignite whatever fire has been kind of burning under you. Because ultimately, if you want to have a purpose and you should have a purpose, it can ultimately be misplaced. And so if you're not checking yourself before you wreck yourself, you're going to be in trouble. And so I feel like I'm on a good path. You're on a good path. We're on a good path. The, the listeners are if they're still here. And so I think it set us up quite well for our chat with Mr. Ryan McDonough. That on the other side of the break. Love for the bet. Bringing the sneaky beavers back to the yard. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. The Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Welcome back. It's 1140 The Bet. It has just been a few days since the Golden State Warriors were crowned champions. But just like that, the NBA draft is upon us. And here to give us that front office perspective is Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. Ryan, it is a hectic time in the uh, NBA schedule, although the finals are over. So we appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing great. It's it's always good to be on with you. I look forward to being up your way in a few weeks for NBA Summer League. But you're right. That's one of the questions that I got asked a lot when I was in front offices. Whenever the team I worked for, whether it was the Celtics or Suns, was done playing, people said, do you have more free time now? And <laughs> a lot of the people who weren't diehard NBA fans were surprised to learn the opposite is true. No, as a, as a front office executive, you actually have less free time because we have the draft tomorrow night and then uh, Free agency starts the week after that, and then Summer League starts in Las Vegas the week after that. So uh, certainly in the next few weeks will be a busy time in the NBA. And, and, and I want to I pinpoint, and, and you brought up you know, being in the front office in Boston, being the GM in Phoenix, and the draft, no matter what sport, as fans, we're told all the time, this is a, a year-round process from the scouting, the preparation, the draft boards, the international players that you need to see, and everything in between. So could you kind of take me through the timeline of being, you know, 12, 11, 10 months out of the draft to now where we're a mere hours away from selections actually being made? Yeah, sure. In, in certain cases, uh, the, the process even starts before that. Sometimes you're scouting these guys in high school or AU ball, and you track them for a number of years. And that applies to the players, obviously, who are upperclassmen uh, who have you know been in the draft process. For example, this year, Ochai Agbaji, the, the wing out of Kansas, who will be a first-round pick, he was in the process last year, withdrew his name, went back and played for the Jayhawks, and then had a terrific season individually. And, and KU won the national championship, and he was named most outstanding player. So, that's why you do the work. You know, you build up, um, you know, Rolodex on these guys and, and, and notes uh, in your database over a number of years, hopefully. And then this is why, you know, you do all of it, that hopefully on the clock tomorrow night uh, you're prepared not only for where your team is picking and who you think may be available when your team's number comes up, but also you need to be prepared for any trade scenarios as well, a trade up, trade down, trade out, meaning, you know, trade a pick for a future pick and things like that. Um, you, you need to be prepared for all those. So, it's a hectic time, but I know there's a sense of relief when you're in a front office. You're exhausted at this time of year, but you're realizing uh, now is you know we record this about 24 hours before the draft. This is why you put in all that hard work. And in your estimation, too, with just the landscape, I want to know. You know, obviously these Power Five conferences, you you bring up Kansas and stuff. Number one, are you more favorable towards certain programs in college basketball? But then also, you know, last year the G League, I believe it was five players that were selected that were in the G League and the Ignite team, and I think two of them won in the first round. If you're looking at draft boards now going into this draft, there's more and more expected. So has the landscape kind of changed? 
I think it has. Uh, the G League Ignite has done a terrific job with the NBA's cooperation as far as giving some of the top players coming out of high school a different option and a different alternative. And I, and I think it was something that, uh, frankly, was, was overdue. I think it probably should have happened a while ago. When I look at talented American players uh, going, going way back, uh, Brandon Jennings went and played in Italy before uh, going to the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Emmanuel Moutier, who was lottery picked, did the same thing before the Denver Nuggets drafted him. And then recently, uh, LaMelo Ball playing down in uh, Australia. And I bring it up because, uh, you know, college isn't for everybody. Um, some, some, some of these guys want to be pros at a young age as soon as possible uh, to monetize, you know, their careers, which are short, uh, relatively speaking, for their families. And, and also some of them just don't want to go to school. They'd rather focus on basketball. Um, so with the G League Ignite, uh, looking at the draft on Thursday night, I think they could have three first-round picks. Uh, Dyson wow. Daniels is the most intriguing player. Um, he, he's an Australian guard who played very well. He could be a mid-lottery pick. And then guys, you know, later in the first round, maybe maybe slide into the second, depending on how the draft goes. Uh, Jaden Hardy, another talented guard, and, and Marjan Beauchamp, uh, a wing. So it's uh, you know it's another banner year for the G League Ignite, as you mentioned. They had um, you know multiple lottery picks last year, and other guys get drafted, and it looks like they're going to do the same thing again tomorrow night. Ryan, sidebar question: Have you seen this Adam Sandler Lebron the Hustle movie on Netflix? I did. I watched it last weekend with my wife and, and absolutely loved it. I think one of the things that guys like you and I who are in sports do is when, when we watch sports movies, you probably watch them with a critical eye. And a lot of the times, you know, it's easy to say, well, that's not realistic, or you can tell that was fake or staged. And I preface it that way because I think they did a really good job making it seem realistic. Obviously, it was dramatized for TV. With uh, I don't want to give you know give too much of it away for those who haven't seen it. Um, but I thought the basketball scenes, uh, the scouting process, um, you know how some of the conversations go within front offices, um, you know, and, and decisions with staffing between coaching and scouting and all that. I, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was really well done, and I'd highly recommend it for anybody who hasn't yet seen it. Ryan, you're giving me hope. You're giving me hope. I'm an NBA dork. I can feel like I don't need to be in the Ivy League so I can be in the front office. Please don't say that. Now I want to be in the front office. But I do I do want to ask you, and I don't mean to be confrontational, and I just want to be blunt, uh, because in that movie, you know, obviously the, the, the son of the owner who then takes over for the team kind of vouched for a player, whereas Adam Sandler and his character vouched for another. So I'm just going to be straight up with this in 2018. Was this a similar situation that happened with DeAndre and Luca in that drift situation? Because obviously there's a lot of mitigating factors, but could you point to that one being one of the bigger ones? Yeah, well, I, I think that situation was a little bit dramatized, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think without being real specific, uh, yeah, I was GM of the Suns in the 2018 draft. That was my last draft with the franchise. We ended up with uh, DeAndre Ayton at number one and then traded for Mikel Bridges with Philadelphia, who was the 10th. Um, pick, but you know certainly there was some disagreement. I think some lack of alignment. Um, uh, to fast forward, I was fired the next preseason before any of those guys, DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, or anybody in the 2018 draft played a regular season game. So I don't really want to get too deep into the reasons for that. But clearly, uh, when your GM's fired in the preseason and the head coach Igor Kokoshkov is fired after his first season, just one season as head coach of the Suns, clearly there was some disagreement about how the offseason went for Phoenix in 2018. And thank you for answering that. Like I said, I didn't mean to be confrontational. And moving on, you know, one of the, the things that I enjoyed, and, and I'm born and raised in Cleveland, I'm a Cavs fan, so as a small market, it made me feel good. And obviously you have the Warriors and Celtics that were just in the NBA Finals, two teams that have a lot of homegrown talent that are the base and the foundations of their teams. But also, you know, this year the Grizzlies, the Cavaliers, to name a few. 
drafted their cornerstone players. And as we move into this draft, is there kind of, do you sense a more renewed energy into building through the draft as opposed to the big three mentality? I think building through the draft is certainly the most sustainable way to build a team. It's, it's the longest duration way to build a team because anytime you draft uh, players between 18 and 22 years old in that range there, it's going to take some time for those guys to develop. But uh, as far as you know, building a team with longevity and uh, the way the system is set up with the bird rights and, and, and uh, longer contracts uh, that you can give your own players and, and more higher percentage raises and all those kind of things, it is set up. If you draft a special player in particular, the system is set up for you to retain that player if you do a good job as a franchise. So to your point, the two teams we just watched play in the finals, uh, I think you look at the three or four best players on both sides. Uh, you know, Golden State, uh, they drafted Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, uh, Jordan Poole. Um, you know, those guys were all drafted by the Warriors, Kevon Looney. And then on the other side, Boston drafted Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, uh, Robert Williams. So, uh, you know, and then those teams obviously supplemented uh, via free agency and trades to some extent. But uh, one of the things that, that stood out to me um, really the last couple of years, because a year ago it was Phoenix and Milwaukee in the NBA Finals, is those teams are primarily homegrown. And I think one of the things that NBA teams do now is they try to exploit weaknesses, especially defensively. So if a team has a weak link in the chain defensively, you'll see that player uh, get attacked time and time again. So I think depth is becoming more important than ever, especially, again, trying to, to have a sustainable team um, you know, that, that's financially feasible as well. Uh, so I, I think that does place more emphasis on the draft, drafting the right player, especially if you can find you know, good value later on in the first round or in the second round. Uh, that lets you do a lot of other things with your roster and financially going forward. Joining us right now on the Playmakers are Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at MCDNBA. And I want to ask you, Ryan, if you're outside of the one, two, three, you're outside of these lottery picks, right? From the outside looking in, what's better for you and your organization in theory? To know that there's already a bona fide, we know who's going number one or two, or where it's completely wide open and the possibilities are endless? Well, it's, it's good if, you, if you're four um, in Sacramento, you'd, you'd love to know that for sure, if Jabari Smith, Paolo Bencaro, and Chet Holmgren will go one, two, three in some order, then you know exactly who's going to be available to you. And I think, um, you know, that is the situation. I'm, I'm projecting Smith one to Orlando, Holmgren two to OKC, and then Boncaro three to Houston. And then the, to me, the draft really opens at four with Jaden Ivey. Keep in mind the Kings have some talented backcourt players in De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell. They drafted just a year ago, and, and in fact, they traded Tyrese Halliburton to Indiana somewhat controversially for Demata Sabonis. Uh, so, so I bring it up because, yeah, the more certainty you can have, the better. Uh, obviously, the only team who really controls that at this point is the Orlando Magic with the number one pick. But um, So, you know, we'll see if there are moves in the top three. I'm, I'm thinking that's less likely, but I wouldn't at all be surprised if Sacramento at four puts that pick in play. I think Jaden Ivey will be the fourth pick, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that pick ends up going to somewhere else besides the Kings. And, Ryan, before we get you out of here, a couple non-draft questions as free agency is, what, eight days away and counting? So, and, and we brought up Boston. And, and, of course, a lot of people are calling for Boston to get a true, quote-unquote, point guard or a table setter to help out the offense. And if they do so, that would mean that Marcus Smart is either going to be in a situation that he's not necessarily comfortable in on the court or less minutes. And, obviously, to me, at least in my opinion, Marcus Smart is kind of the glue in the heart 
of that Boston Celtics team. So in your opinion, what does Boston need to do to be able to get back to the finals and eventually, you know, get over that hump and win a championship? I'd be surprised if with a talented young team that's very good, that Boston made drastic changes. I think if you're Brad Stevens and the ownership with the Celtics, you realize you were up 2-1 in the NBA Finals and you were leading Game 4 at home with five minutes left. Golden State went on that run to win Game 4 and tie the series, and then the series flipped after that with Golden State winning the last few to win the title. But um, I think a lot of times from a fan or media perspective, it's easy to say, well, the team should make sweeping, drastic changes. To me, when you're that close with a young team and a young core that's sustainable, because those guys in particular, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Martin, Robert Williams are under contract for a number of years. Uh, you, you make minor tweaks. So Brad Stevens said yesterday they'll look to add more playmaking. I agree with that. But So that could be a point guard. Uh, keep in mind there are financial restrictions because this is a luxury tax team uh, that we're talking about in Boston. It uh, could be you know playmaking wing like Joe Ingles. I understand why Brad Stevens you know, wants to add more playmaking, and he should. I, I do the same thing if I were in the front office. Uh, but I, I don't think that means drastic sweeping changes from a team who is just at the precipice of an NBA title. And uh, my last question before I get you out of here, Ryan, and thank you so much for the time, uh, is a frustrating one for me because this gap between Bo- from Brooklyn excuse me, and Kyrie Irving uh, is a complex one. And I think just within the hour, the latest reports that L.A. is very, very intrigued. The Lakers are, obviously, and even the Clippers, too. But in your opinion, does Brooklyn make the most sense for Kyrie? And that gap that I talked about, is it one that can be closed and repaired? I think the Brooklyn Nets want Kyrie Irving to opt in to his player option for next year at $37 million. That would be for the one year. And to use next year to prove to the franchise that he deserves a longer-term commitment then. Um, because, you know, based on the last three years, how could you give that guy a long-term extension? You know, a four- or five-year max extension would be malpractice, in my opinion. You, you just can't do that, given how unreliable Kyrie has been. Uh, so maybe they meet in the middle. I mean, I wonder if a, a two-year deal that's at the max or – you know, just short of the max makes some sense. That way Kyrie gets a little bit more money and a little bit of security. Uh, but, uh, excuse me, Brooklyn also has some leverage in case Kyrie continues to not show up for games and be uh, mercurial, then the Nets have a way to pivot out of it without really damaging their franchise long term. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure we'll be talking to you here in a few weeks because, like we said, free agency is just around the corner. Thank you so much for the time, Ryan. Anytime. Enjoy the draft, and I'll see you guys up your way in a few weeks for Summer League. Absolutely. That's our NBA insider, Ryan McDonough. Be sure to follow him again on Twitter, at MCDNBA. Insider calls are brought to you by Driveway.com. Head to Driveway.com today to shop for more than 25,000 new and used cars in Driveway's nationwide inventory. We'll be back with sports or some other things. It's 1140 The Bet. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Yes, I've had this on repeat for three days since you introduced me to the song, Adrian. Lindsay, it's a bop. I really like the beginning part with the guys. Da, 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 da. That, that's brilliant. Beyonce and a dirty little secret. This might be. All American Rejects? My most. <laughs> Shout out to you. This new Drake album and the sounds that are similar. Uh, it, it might be my most listened to Drake album, at least at this point. It, it's just, it's the vibes. Like, to me, as I've grown, before I used to be like, yo, I, I want to hear lyrics. I want you to say something crazy. Yeah, hit now me with something. Now it's all about the vibe and if it, yep. and the beat. And I just if I can chill out and just do what I need to you wanna do. want to get lost in it. Yeah, I want to get lost. I want to get lost in the sauce, but I don't want to have too much sauce. And it's it one costs of those a things. lot for the sauce. <laughs> in this economy? Yeah. Prices are too damn high, and usually when that happens, we get a lot of house music and a lot of, like, get lost in the trance music. It's just one of those things as human beings we do. Little Caesars is no longer $5, Lindsay. We need to talk. It's $5.99, and as someone— Curse you, inflation! I thought y'all just got this NFL money Uh, to be able to keep it— it used to be five thirty-five is what oh, you needed. Advertising five thirty-five or five thirty-six, depending on what order you were. Dude, for I some like reason, a Little Caesars tonight. Like actually, a Little Caesars ain't bad. It's really not. Like for five ninety-nine pizza, it's not bad. The disrespect it gets. The breadsticks. So. It's clearly some, some some people that haven't been through things, specifically college and the Pell Grant, because it's there for you mm-hmm. and you know it's like Little Caesars and then. The Totino pizzas, mm-hmm. the little square ones that you could buy that are now like two bucks, mm. by the way, 
Jeez, I don't know how kids are going through college because we was broke and we relied on those cheap, cheap food things to be able to survive. Well, if they're going to college, maybe they're hopefully they're being a little bit more smart than a lot of us were just, you know, surveying the land, seeing if that's actually what you need to do. As we just talked about Title IX 40 minutes ago about the importance of education, but also education is in the eye of the beholder. And so make sure that you're going to the right place and paying money for the right things because let me tell you about those payments that keep getting extended away from though. <laughs> Somebody, gonna somebody's going to have to, no, they're not. There's if, <laughs> if they brought those back right now, they would crash the economy like instantaneously. I can't afford my payments right now. There's just, no way. I'm very, th- well, they keep saying, Hey, at least 10 G's through August. And I'm like, Biden on. is just going to punt on that one too. Yeah. It's just keep, I mean, that's keep fine. Delaying that's it. fine. It's, it's been the 16th time that Press it's been pause, delayed. Right. But I want that 10 G's cause then I'd only have a little bit, but anyway, um, controversy in Stanley Cup final game four last night. Nazem Kadri, who was playing in his first game in 18 days, fresh off of thumb surgery, scores on a on a little bit of a of a floofer of a shot. But it seems that the Tampa Bay camp has uh, lodged a complaint that there were too many men on the ice. And I say that like that's probably true. And even if it is true, it sucks because the, technically they should still be playing. But also, as as an educated hockey mind like myself, Kadri was like one on two, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was part of the rush. And so if if Nathan McKinnon was a little bit delayed getting to the bench and somebody else hopped on, like pretty sure there was a goal scored in the 2020 playoffs by the Tampa Bay Lightning that they had seven people on the ice for that what counted. And then we've also talked about the cap circumnavigation. So now we start counting. Honestly, yeah. Seriously. It just depends. Seriously, though. But the uh, Avalanche take a 3-1 to one series lead back to Denver. They have a chance to win their first Stanley Cup since 2001 in their home building. And honestly, with the altitude, with with the letdown that this kind of moment has been for the Lightning, that's, I wouldn't be surprised if they close it out. Well, that's two heartbreaking OT losses, right? Correct. And Correct. And I've talked to nauseam throughout this playoff run of this is your third time trying to do this. Mm-hmm. You've been through the grindhouse just in these playoffs. Yep. That's tough to bounce back Alex from Alex Kalorn's not scoring in every other championship. He's come up with big-time goals, and he has yet to get one in. And, I mean, even the goals that Tampa scored, like that backhander that Victor Hedman sent past Darcy Kemper last night, I had one of my teammates te- text me, he's going to want that one back. I'm like, yeah, that's a big woofer. You just can't give that up. But Darcy being the long-legged um, – spider monkey that he is that isn't the most agile and very easily caught flat-footed um sometimes those squeakers will will make it past you but uh like I said I anticipate a very valiant effort from the Tampa Bay Lightning though like I wouldn't be surprised if they push the series back but man if I'm the abs blood's in the water and I'm di- I'm diving feet, uh, head first. And then, and another thing, I mean, we saw it game one the energy, the want, yep. the excitement of that crowd. Yep. It has been years. Try to take care of business as fast as possible, especially versus a team with this much experience. That maybe coming back down three one is the only thing that they haven't done. True. So I just love the Kadri story. Just being a guy who has has. You know, made a reputation for himself, but like the the racist stuff that he was going through it during the St. Louis Blues series earlier this playoff, and how he was able to silence them with a hat trick, and and just the career year that he's had. It's a very easy person to root for in this game that typically likes to tear down people like Nazem. 
And he became the ninth player in NHL history to score an overtime goal in his Stanley Cup final yeah, debut. Yeah, sick. It's absolutely Off an injury with a one hand, like one, one, one bad hand. Um, they're like, oh, how did you get out here? How did you speed up the healing process? Well, you have good doctors. It's called pain meds, people. This is how they get you. Is um, but it's it, a sacrifice these guys are willing to make. How much of a so if I had to give you like a out of a hundred percent or or a scale one to ten, like how much of an argument or how upset would a Tampa Bay Lightning fan be at that overtime call or non call? I should say. I mean, it, it's the Stanley Cup Final, so I would be I would be pretty pissed. But it's you can dissect hockey of a bunch of missed calls, much like most other sports. But like hockey, it's just so fluid. I mean, it's kind of hard for the for the refs to. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, especially he, at the speed that they're playing. Yeah, at. or like the goal that was uh, last game that wasn't scored by the Avalanche that was waved off in the first period that because they were offsides. Like, if that goes in, if that counts, like this is a completely different series. I don't even know if yeah. Tampa Bay fights back in that game, and I, I think. They say that the longer the series goes on, the better Andre Vasilevsky gets, which is absolutely true. But the Avalanche are having trouble getting pucks through. And you know why? Because, like I was talking about last week, that high zone in the high offensive zone for the Avs, the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing a really good job of getting up into shooting lanes and not allowing them to get pucks through. And then you're creating turnovers as well. And also, the Avs aren't getting a lot of power play opportunities. And most of their goals this postseason have been scored on the power play. That that game winner last night, or at least maybe it was the the equalizer, was like their first 5v5 goal in like a hot minute. Like that's just kind of a gaudy stat to be winning with. But ultimately, each game is its own kind of little ecosystem and very much a war of attrition. Like both of these teams, it's been very physical. There's a lot of guys that I know that are banged up and dealing with a lot of injuries, but this is what it takes. And so uh, very excited to see what game five will entail, although I wish that the series would go a little bit longer because it is good hockey. But in terms of some Golden Knights news, allegedly Riley Smith and the Golden Knights have worked out an extension. I'm kind of shocked because if you look at our cap right now, we are currently $2.657 million over it, including that Shea Weber contract, including you know our, our Laurent Brassois, who I, I anticipate is probably going to be moved because otherwise, I don't understand how you can fit Riley Smith in at three years at $5 million, which is the alleged term. So some some movement's going to happen. Some more transactions are on the way because they have to. Yeah, and people are saying, well, $5 million is cheap. Nope, it's market value because that's what Riley Smith offers. He had a down year last year, absolutely, but which person on this team didn't? He, he was probably available more than most until the end of the season where he had that kind of season-ending injury, but he was ushering in a lot of these young guys and, and providing a lot of support. So happy to hear that he is going to be back, although I will enjoy seeing how the Vegas Golden Knights will finagle this one yet again. More sports and other things on the other side of the break. Deep Dive 35 leads things off. 11 for the bet. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.